Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. Rumors are swirling with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website, running your phone. And Smitty will tell us about how you can sign up for ESPN+. Yeah, you can watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up at InsideTheRink.com uh, slash ESPN. So you go to the InsideTheRink.com website, and it is InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. I have ESPN Plus. I enjoy it. I love all the out-of-market NHL games, college hockey, soccer, college basketball, and much, much more. And when you're watching those out-of-market hockey games, you can use the DraftKings app pretty soon in the state of Massachusetts and, and place some wagers on those out-of-market hockey games, and maybe you can win yourself a little bit of a fortune and be a millionaire thanks to DraftKings. Yes, gamble responsibly, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, get the ESPN uh, Plus uh, through InsideTheRink.com and, and get all that great action. Uh, hey, it's the Weekend Review and the Bruins had three games this past week. And on February 16th at the Nashville Predators, five to nothing win. Bruins dominate from beginning to end, five different goal scorers. It's Marshan, Smith, Bergeron, Forbort, and Frederick. Bruins break their power play drought with Bergeron's goals. Jer- Jeremy Swayman picks up the shutout. Swayman with only one regulation loss since December 11th. Uh, Hampus Lindholm picks up his 200th career assist. And this team looked like the Bruins team we've seen all season. Dominant win, nice little 2-0 and siblings road trip to that point. Yeah, absolutely. A little trip down to Nashville with the family, get things going, go down to Broadway, have some have some beers, do some line mm. dancing, and and come out of there with a come yeah. out of there with a W. So uh, mm. nice nice job by the bees. They looked uh, dominant, and and Swayman really uh, since since early December uh, or mid December has been playing like the best goalie in the league, even even mm. a, a little bit better than Allmark has of late. Yeah, I think the Bruins Benders podcast roadshow will be uh, stopping in Nashville next season. I think that there's a possibility that that happens. Uh, think, the Bruins yeah. Benders podcast will go on the road next year. Yes, yes. Uh, it will. Uh, yeah. We we just have to uh, you know determine you know by scheduling and so forth uh, you know where we'll be, but yeah. we will be uh, broadcasting from the road next season. Yeah, we will do a roadie for sure. Uh, with uh, what are those people on the road called? With the uh, you know when the the bands have those uh, what are they called? Groupies? You know, the, the groupies. There you go. Yeah. A bunch of Bruins. Well, well, I don't think they're called. Like Taylor Swift has Swifties and, and uh, you no, know. No, we have Bendies. Yeah, we have Bendies. So yeah, that's, that's what, you know, the Bendies. We're going to yeah, go on bendies. the road. Yeah, okay. Uh, February 18th versus the New York Islanders, a 6-2 to two win. Bruins, again, dominant beginning to end. Three, uh, score three in the first, basically put the game out of reach. It started by a Jake DeBrus power play goal in his first game back. David Pasternak picks up his 300th career assist on the goal. The Islanders cut it to 3-1 to one in the second, but the Bruins respond with three more goals to take a commanding 6-1 to one lead. The Islanders get one back in the third, but it really didn't matter. Goals for Jake, DeBrusque, Nick Foligno, Trent Frederick again with two. 
Bergeron and Zaka, um, another dominant performance. It looks like the Bruins are starting to pick up some traction here. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, really, really good back-to-back efforts from this team and and seemed to be um, trending in the right direction. And, and that was a home game. Uh, and the and the siblings stuck around for that one too. So uh, you know they got a little a little three and zero for the siblings. Maybe they should uh, you know maybe who is it Luke Marchand is that his brother's name? I think it is it Luke. Yeah. Uh, so Luke Marchand and and uh, uh, and the rest of the fam should st- should stick around for a while. You know I think the Bruins like having the family around there and uh, seem to be playing really well in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty neat idea that they do that. Yeah. And uh, the siblings were, you know, they they got they got some really quality game. I mean, they blew out teams. Yeah. The siblings out there, so maybe the siblings kind of recharged the team a bit and got it got it going again. I think so. so. Yeah. Fe- uh, February twentieth versus the Ottawa Senators, three to one win. The Senators come in hot at seven two and one and fighting for a playoff spot now. Don't look now, but they are within reach of a mm-hmm. playoff spot. Bruins had lost two in Ottawa earlier, of course. The officials called just a ton of penalties in the first. It was outrageous. Uh, Jake DeVrust scores to give Boston a one nothing lead. A terrible turnover by Matt Grizzlick. I'm not sure what he was thinking. Yeah, He kind of steps out in front of the net with it kind of casually, uh, gets his pocket picked in front of the net, and it's, it's in the net. Uh, it leads to the equalizer with 30 seconds left in the period. And it really took away from a really good period from the Bruins. Uh, the Bruins get a goal from Pasternak to give them the lead in the second on a great play by McAvoy. Uh, it was Pasta's 40th of the season, his third 40-goal season. And then Pasta again on another nice feed from McAvoy from his knees to make it 3-1. to one. The Bruins get a solid effort and win the matinee. Yeah, nice job. I mean, uh, it, it was good. Uh, they, they came out in this one um, ready to go. Uh, because I think of the two losses to Ottawa previously. So they wanted to um, prove something to themselves and maybe to the senators that, uh, you know, the Bruins aren't going to be a pushover. Yeah. And in the matinee games this year have been really good. I mean, I remember a wild game that was good. Dallas stars game. That was pretty good. I mean, they've been usually, you know, they can be sleepy. They can be kind of stinkers and especially with the Bruins, the Bruins can kind of come out flat in those, but I think most of those matinee games this year have been really good. Um, uh, so now the the Bruins three and zero on the week and the seven chirps time sponsored by Lops Brewing Lops is a brewing and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new beers and events. This is a question from at Big B sixty three on Twitter. He sent us this one. The old joke used to be you could throw anyone on a line with Bergeron and Marchand and they could score points. Of recently, they've both been off the score sheet a, uh, a little bit. Is their age catching up to them? Uh, I think they do need someone. Uh, the short answer is yes, a little bit. Uh, I think they, they were in a little bit of a slump, uh, but they did also miss DeBrusque's um, puck retrieval and speed and getting in on the forecheck and creating turnovers. Uh, uh, he adds an element to that line that, um, you know, with Bergeron losing a step uh, in his, in his older age and Marchand, um, you know, needing someone with a little more pace to play with. I think they, they did miss DeBrus quite a bit on that top line and they, and they really need him to kind of solidify things uh, with the two of them. So I, I think it's more, uh, they, 
they they can't carry other people now, or at least Bergeron can't carry other people now. I think they they you know they just need to have good players to play with in order to produce. And I think it's changed from in the beginning last year when they when they first you know were put together. You know, Bergeron and Marshall really helped DeBrusque that get through that tough portion of the season and the trade requests and all of that. And he they really lifted him up and sort of coached him into being a good first line winger. And now it's now it's DeBrusque almost leading that line. Uh, now that DeBrusque is playing really good hockey and of course his youth and speed, like you said, and his scoring ability definitely helps. Uh, just the overall energy he brings to them, I think, is helpful. Um, and I think, you know, look, Bergeron is ultimate in consistency. We'll talk about that in a bit. And Marchand's coming off the two hips, you know, the surgeries. And, um, you know, so I think you can't help but say that they're certainly aging. Yeah. Um, and certainly not at the peak of their prime. So that's so, so that's the truth. But I think you're right. I think DeBrusque has really done a good job. And you can credit, I don't know if it was, if it was Bergeron who went to Cassidy or if it was Cassidy himself who made that change. And it's been terrific for DeBrusque. It's completely revitalized his career. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Uh, I think that line is, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the, in the playoffs, you know, that line. And, and if Montgomery will have to go to the Krejci line as more of the number one line at times and, and more of the ice time. So we'll have to see that if, that takes shape. Uh, chirp number two, not completely finalized yet, but Kevin Weeks is reporting the Bruins and Kings will play a preseason game in Australia, mate, <laughs> next year. Any thoughts on that one? Throw That's another shrimp on the Bobby. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be like two o'clock yesterday. The yeah. game's going to be over yeah. before it starts. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good idea to grow the game. I mean, they played uh, the Coyotes in the Czech Republic, you know, yeah. a bunch of years back and, and, you know, that was fine. It was a, it was a bonding trip for the team. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The the Celtics went overseas and, and played uh, a bunch of preseason games in Italy the year that they won the uh, NBA championship with Garnett and Pierce and, and Allen and those guys and that bonded the team. So I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any, any real downside to it other than, you know, if the NHL doesn't give them enough time to recover from, you know, the travel and the jet lag and all that kind of stuff, you know, as long as they, it's spaced out properly and they promote it well, I mean, it can't do anything but grow the game. So uh, I think it's a win for the, for the teams and, and for the league, you know, the Bruins might be able to gain some fans down there and, you know, mm-hmm. sell some merchandise and whatnot. So, uh, win overall, I think. And they went to Prague right years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the end. They, was it the end they won it? I think so. I think it might've been. Yeah. It was 2011. Yeah. At the end they won it. And, uh, at least it's not the NFL where you're going like mid season to like right. Ethiopia to play like <laughs> right. Sunday when you just played on Thursday or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's, that's not great. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely good for growing the game, I suppose. And, um, you know, the Bruins uh, Bruins and Kings might be playing that game in Australia. I don't think the Bendy Roadshow is going to Australia. I'd like to go to Australia, but maybe sure. not yeah. necessarily for a, for a Bruins preseason game. No, you're a big, you're a big cam- camel guy. <laughs> right. He'd rather do that. Uh, chirp three, pasta with 41 goals now. Are they going to pay this guy ever? Oh, geez. I mean, we've harped on this a bunch, but it's worth repeating until the guy signs on the dotted line. Uh, we've talked about it before. 41 goal scorers. Do not grow on trees, folks. Uh, pay the man. 
and and the longer you wait, uh, it appears the price is going to keep going up. Uh, they kind of dropped the ball on this one. I think they were trying to short sell them a little bit with, you know, eight times eight or whatever. Uh, same problem the Red Sox had with some of their guys where they kind of lowballed them early on. And then uh, either they left or they ended up spending ridiculously uh, high amounts later on. So, um, you know, I, they need to get it done first and foremost. I don't care now. It's not my money. So I could give I could give a crap what they pay the guy. You know, uh, as far as, you know, I want him on the team. So uh, if there's cap issues, they'll have to figure some of that stuff out, move guys around, buy guys out, trade guys, whatever it is. Uh, but but 88 needs to be on the Bruins. Yeah, they're in that weird space that they that has been unavoidable where they're the prospects not quite ready and Pasternak needs a big raise and Bergeron and Krejci might be leaving. And it's really inevitable that they're going to go backwards some the next season or two. I think it doesn't help that the cap's been flat as a pancake for three years. Either. Yeah. So that doesn't help many teams. It doesn't help like 28 teams. Than right. It is in the league. Um, so I think that I think it'll finally I think it'll get done. It'll be really interesting to see if they end up trading some pieces in the offseason like a Grizzly or a Carlo or. And trying to and trying to get rid of some some salary, you know, to make up for that, and then really having to go with three or four rookies next year, at least in the beginning of the year. I'm not sure, but I think it'll get done. It's just I really thought it was going to get done yesterday. I really did. I thought they were going to make the trade for Gavrikov for someone, and then I thought they were going to announce the signing too. Like I thought it was all coming together yesterday, and uh, here we are still waiting for mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. All right, uh, Chirp 4, is it a failure of the front office if they don't do everything they can at the deadline to help this team win a cup? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, I like, everybody's shitting on Gavrikov, and I, 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 I'm not sure why. Um, last year, he was pretty good for a bad team. He put up, I sure. believe, uh, you know, five goals and... 20 something assists or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Uh, so he has some offensive capabilities. If he's not playing with complete idiots, uh, their team is hurt a bunch of them. Um, right. So uh, he gets, he has like the third most defensive zone starts in the entire league. He plays a ton of PK minutes. So that can help. Um, so all that stuff, all that being said, um, the price I'm not sure of. If you're going to pay that kind of a price, go out and get Chikrin. Because Gavrikov is a, is a UFA, so you're going to have to sign him to a long-term deal. Chik, Chikrin already has term for two more years at affordable money. So yeah. if you have to bite the bullet and spend a little bit more, get the younger guy with term and go a for it. Too. Yeah, and a better player, too. And go for it. Go for the damn right. thing. You, Bergeron and Krejci are coming into the end of their careers. Go for it. If you're going to... If you're going to spend, like, go out and get a guy that can put you over the top. Go out and get a guy who's going to play in your top four and play 22 minutes a night. Go out and get that guy. Don't get a guy who might be your sixth guy or a seventh guy. Or if somebody gets hurt, he's good depth. You don't spend a first and a third for good depth. I don't mind them getting Gavrikov, but don't get him if he's going to be a seventh D-man. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. And, look, they're going to be drafting – down the line, like they're going to be drafting like 30. Yeah. So, so 
I mean, the, the first round pick is close to the second round. Now, people are telling me that it's a deep draft. I don't know how anybody knows this. <laughs> like, because their first and third are almost like a second and fourth. Right. They're so good. Um, so I, I, but I'm, I'm with you in that Gavrikov is kind of a weird thing. I will say that in 2021, David Savard was traded and it was like a first, second, fourth. Yeah. From Columbus. So that's kind of where the, the bar is set, I guess. So that's kind of where those those uh, picks uh, come into play. But um, I'm with you. I, I don't get a seventh defenseman. I get a top 4D. I get Chipren. Yeah. And at the end of the year, if you need to trade Grizzlick um, and trade his money, you know, for a pick or something, then go ahead and do that. Sure. So you have your top 4D set right. for, you know, at least two seasons through 2025. Yeah. Like and it's a really good top four D. It is, and if and if you're worried about you know maybe losing some production um, from the center position, you can right. rely on having uh, you know a top uh, an excellent, probably one of the best in the league top four D and and a good goaltender, and you have Pasternak, so right. you have pieces that will allow you right. to remain competitive. Um, if it's only, you know, if it's only those guys and you'll have other right. guys around them, you know, Zaka's coming on a little bit and, you know, yeah. you still have Hall and Marchand and stuff. So, I mean, you'll have the makings of a, of a pretty good team if you could, if you could really solidify that top 4D with a guy like Chikrin. But I'm telling you right now, if they don't make a big move or if they get Gavrikov and that's kind of it and he's like a seventh D man or insurance guy or they... They, they plug him in with Grizzlick and they kind of platoon that thing and they don't win. Like they lose in the second round. What a colossal failure that is. Yeah. I mean, I mean what, it, that, a, what a kick in the nuts that is. That goes back to, to the, yeah, to the original point. Is it a failure of the front office if they don't do everything they can to help this team win? And I think it is. If you, if right. you have the opportunity to, to go out and get a guy like Chikrin that's going to put you over the top or, or, and, and add, you know, a forward uh, to the bottom six, um, like a Barbashev or somebody like that that could, you know, throw some hits and have some offensive touch and, and can be a pest and is, has playoff experience. Like, if you don't make those kind of moves, it's, a, it's an injustice to the guys on this team and this roster that have put together this season up to date. It's just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, didn't you didn't you bring Bergeron and Krejci back to do this thing? Right. Didn't you, didn't, I mean, that's isn't that what it is? You can't do the one toe in, one toe out thing uh, when you brought Bergeron and Krejci back, and this is the last hurrah, and, and it doesn't look so great. I mean, they'll be decent, but it doesn't look like they're going to be a cup contender the next year or two, especially if Bergeron and Krejci get done after this year. I just I don't understand why you don't just go for it. Like, your prospect pool is 30th in the league as it is. Like, what? The, it, it, it's not like you're going to miraculously come up with these great young players to fill spots. So you're going to go backwards some. So just go for it 100%. And if all these other teams are making moves that are behind you, I mean, Carolina, you're, you're as good as you've been, and Carolina's still only like seven points behind you. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. I mean, if they and, go out and, and get and a – And you're a kryptonite. Yeah, too. if they go out and get a guy like Timo Meyer, or if they somehow yeah. get a, get Chikrin. Yeah. I mean – I know. You're, you're, they've, they've, if they're not above you, they've certainly equaled you, and then it's a yeah. crapshoot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It scares me to death that they don't. You can't play this. I'm not going to. We're not going to mortgage the future or not going to make a risky move. And and here's the thing that 
that are really scares me is that Don Sweeney is not a hockey trade guy. Like he makes trades that he wins like going away lately, mm-hmm. like going away. So he won't make a high, you know, a high risk, high reward trade. Like, I just don't think he loves doing that. He doesn't like taking that, that leap. And, and that's what kind of scares me. He's going to have to take a little bit of a leap mm-hmm. to really make a solid hockey trade, you know, to improve them from what they are now. And I just, I'm afraid that, you know, you go into the Carolina series and you lose again, you know, you need to find what didn't work against Carolina, which some of it was second line center play and power play stunk and all that stuff. But you need to find, you know, Grizzly might've been a, you know, a weakness. You need to find whatever that weakness was to get over the Carolina hump, because I just think this, it's inevitable. You're going to face them. Yeah. So, uh, and you need to beat them. Uh, chirp five, Jim Montgomery says he's fine with Krejci's line trading chances because they're more talented than the people they usually play. End quote. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, so, they got a guy in the line with 41 goals. So, uh, yeah. if they want to, if they, if the other team wants to skate up and down, uh, right. with a line that has David Pasternak on it and Pavel Zak on it, who can both right. fire the puck and Krejci can, can pass like he can. I'm fine with that. Let, let, yeah. Let's trade chances. I think they've outscored teams twenty-three to eleven, five on five. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm fine. They want to trade chances. Let's trade because uh, I think the Bruins come out on top, and I think Montgomery thinks so too. Well, I, I think you're right. I, I think that's true. And I, I look. That, I don't think that line's ever going to be the defensive stalwart that no. you want it to be. So I think you're right. I think you you have to just go with what works with them. And they were really talented, creative offensive line with a high IQ guy in Zaka, with a great playmaker in Krejci, and a great goal scorer in Pasternak. So you just have to kind of live with the defensive breakdowns and so forth. Hopefully, your defense and and goaltending can clear, clean that up. And you have to let Pasternak do his thing. He's got 41 goals. You know, you can't hamstring the guy. So I, I, I agree with him. Uh, it's just interesting that they – well, he said that, and then, and then you thought, well, what about Marshan Bergeron, DeBrus? But he said they don't play that way, so it doesn't really <laughs> – Right. They play more defensive-minded. They do. So, um, so it doesn't really affect them uh, in that way. Uh, trip six reported return for Gavrikov is a first and a third. Is he a seventh D? If he is, why give up the first? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. I'm not sure I'm giving up the first for him. I mean, I like the idea of bringing him on, not necessarily at that price. I think he's a better player than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Um, but not a first and a third better. So if I'm spending a first and a third, I'm going to throw in some more shit and I'm going to go get Chikrin. That's what that's what I'm gonna do um, to try to get over the get over the hump and and give the Bruins a dominant top four. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm with you. I just think that Chikrin gives you that really good top four, and you have two really good goaltenders. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could trade Swayman, you could trade Grizzlick, you could trade Coyle, you could trade whoever to to try to make up that money somewhere else. You could do a, a few different things there. Uh, but I think that really good top 4D keeps you pretty relevant, especially with your 50-goal scorer, probably, um, in a number one overall pick and haul and Zaka. And, I mean, you still have a lot of good pieces there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of like the idea of that, too. All right, trip seven. Should the NHL go 
to a one through 16 seeding for the playoffs. Disregard, disregard the conferences and divisions. Just take the top 16 teams. Uh, I don't, I, I don't love that unless they did some kind of, uh, um, a more balanced schedule. And I really don't want to right. see a more sure. balanced schedule. I'd want to see right. more interdivision rivalries. I want to see the yeah. Canadians more than three times. I want to see Toronto right. more than three times. So what I'd like to see them do is go one to eight in the conferences like they used to do. Yeah. Um, because the Atlantic for the past few years, I mean, there was one year there where all three of the top se- teams had over a hundred points and mm-hmm. the, and the Metro didn't have like maybe one team over a hundred. So you were basically knocking out a team with a hundred points in the first round of the playoffs, which is ridiculous. And it's happened to be Toronto a bunch of times, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really think it should be a one through eight in each conference and then, uh, do it that way. And I agree. I mean, I think that I, I like the one through eight. Let's just go back to the old school one through eight. Let's go back to playing the Canadians, you know, six or eight times a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing the original sixes together. I love the idea. I don't know who I saw it from, but the idea of having an original six day. Yes, and, I saw that too. I love that idea. Put it on January 1st. Like only the original six teams play, play them all outdoors and just and just have a really good original six day. And I love I love that idea. No one else plays but them every well, single year. Yeah, or well you could you know, yeah, like you said, pick January first. You can do President's Day. You can do like yeah. I don't know, pick a pick a day when when uh you know hockey has the calendar all to themselves and mm-hmm. and, and do like a full full tilt uh all day long triple header on espn do like a one a four and a seven and just back them stack them up and play all three games back to back to back you know and and it would be uh it would be a great a great thing and and great for the league i think to to do something like that i I say do it the sunday after the super bowl perfect like like boom right there one four and seven or one four thirty and eight or whatever. Yeah, one four and, thirty uh, and, eight, and eight. Perfect. Bang it, bang it right out. Put it on all your networks. You know. Yeah. You know, jerk off all over the thing, <laughs> and just and just play play the original six uh, original six thing. I love it. Um, because what's better than watching NHL action, being a part of it? With DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can tap into all the excitement with a click of a button. New customers can place $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Uh, you can also boost your NHL winnings with each leg and you add up to 100%. Uh, so, um, the Bruins have a game tomorrow against, uh, the Seattle Kraken out in Seattle. And, uh, there's some, uh, some, there's a same game parlay that you can take on DraftKings where you pick different bets all within the same Bruins game. So their over under is six. What do you think on that? You know what? It was what? Three, nothing the first time. Um, boy, sixes. So I'm. I'm going to take the over. Really? See, I'm, I, I'm usually an over man, but with six, I'm going under because I think both teams are pretty good defensively. So I think it's going to be more of like a three to two, mm-hmm. you know, three to one, four to one, something like that type of game. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can parlay that with, uh, I think the Bruins are uh, plus 150. Plus 150. 
Yeah. Uh, and Seattle's right. minus 170. Uh, if you bet uh, for the Bruins to win by uh, more than one and a half. So how do you feel about yeah. that? Um, I think, I think it's going to be a one goal game. So I might go, you know, I, um, I think the Bruins are going to win by one goal. I think the Bruins are going to win like four to three. Okay. So yeah, you're going over. So I'm going to, I'm going to say three to two Bruins. So, uh, or you can bet, uh, the, um, the money line, which is, uh, the Bruins are minus 175 and the Kraken are plus 150. So yeah, you're going, I would take the Bruins over and, uh, and the one and the, uh, and the, you know, the and the Kraken yeah. plus one and a half. Kraken plus one and a half. Yeah, yeah. so I'm Kraken yeah. plus one and a half. I'm the under, and I'm the Bruins at minus one seventy five. So, uh, yeah, that's something that you can do with with uh, the game within a game there, single single game parlays on DraftKings, uh, and that uh, the sports betting uh, on the app is coming to DraftKings uh, in Massachusetts in March. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you folks in Massachusetts can start betting online uh, on the sportsbook and through DraftKings. So download the app now and sign up with the code ITR, the initials for Inside the Rink. New customers can place $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ITR. Minimum age and eligibility uh, restrictions apply. See the show notes on our podcast show notes for details. And it's time now for uh, Beauties and Benders on the podcast and the beauties for this week. Uh, beauty number going to be a David Krejci. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Kretsch, uh it was celebrated with his 1,000 game 1,000 games in his NHL career. It's been a terrific career, and uh, Krejci's been just great this season, and he's been getting better as the season's gone on, I, I think. Yeah, he's played really well. Uh, I was looking at his stats the other day. He's um, he's never had higher than 73 points in a season. Uh, he's done it twice. And, uh, you know, he's got an outside shot of, of, uh, of, of getting there. I mean, he's, he's in uh, the mid-40s now, so he would have to go on a little bit of a tear here and kind of be a point-per-game player over the last, uh, last uh, 25 or so games. But, um, you know, he's got an outside shot if he, uh, if he can get hot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and beauty number two, David Pasternak. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. A couple of benchmarks for Pasta. 300th career assist on Jake DeBrus' power play goal in the first against uh, New York Islanders. And he hits the 40-goal mark for the third time in his career and is uh, well on his way to having his first 50-goal season. Yeah, and he would have he would have hit one uh, in the in the a few years ago when he tied uh, Ovechkin for the for the Rocket Richard, but they both ended mm-hmm. up with 48 there. And that uh, little bit of a uh, – that was the uh, – pandemic season wasn't it there right. yeah. so they kind of closed kind of closed it down time. yeah shortened yeah. it up um, so yeah and then uh, beauty number one is patrice bergeron i love you eh? <laughs> they're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk bergie scored his 20th and gets his 10th straight 20 goal season and 14th 20 goal season overall he's second all time in 20 goal seasons he's just had an unbelievable career 
Yeah, second all-time in, in 20 goal seasons with the Bruins behind, I believe, Busick, who has 16 right. 20 goal right. seasons. Jeez. So, um, yeah. you know, just a, just an unbelievable career for Bergeron. I mean, obviously uh, a Hall of Fame type player with the Selkies and the Cup and <clears throat> and just the consistency and, and uh, just what he's meant to this organization uh, over the years uh, really can't be measured, I don't think. No, and I'll tell you what, uh, before we go to Benders, give me your, give me your Bruins Mount Rushmore. I saw this and I was thinking about it and, uh, it's, it's, or it's Bork. It's, I think you have to put Busick on it for longevity's sake. And then my fourth is Bergeron. I think it's Bergeron. Yeah, okay. Okay. So you would have to, you know, so it was get down to like Neely. Then there was Milt Schmidt and Eddie Shore and those yeah. types of guys. Just some, um, there's some, you know, some great candidates there. There is. Abs- sure. I mean, they have a lot of numbers retired. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. So they, there is a lot I of great candidates. That, but I, you know what? I think Bergeron, you know, is is probably the answer there. I think he's – and Neely's career was cut short, mm-hmm. so that kind of takes him out of it, I think. Um, and then Shara, you know, a third defenseman. Yeah. So I, I, I really think it's Bergeron because of his longevity – and the fact that now he's over a thousand games and he's over a thousand, was a thousand points still. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, so it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been an unbelievable career. He's been a model, you know, citizen model player in the league, highly respected player. So I think, I think you're right. I I'm, I'm with that too. Yeah. 1,023 points, uh, 603 assists. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it's Bergeron as well, and Bergeron's 37 will be up there pretty soon after he's done. Yeah, absolutely will be. Uh, all right, so here we go for uh, the Benders. Uh, we had a real hard time trying to come up with Benders. Uh, I said no for fucking idea for uh, three through one because um, you know when you win. <laughs> three games uh and dominate in in uh large stretches of the of the games in in the season uh it's hard to come up with guys who aren't playing well <laughs> when the team is really uh just a wagon so uh the number 3 bender is working for a living I'm a bender yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm off for February vacation, uh, working out of school, uh-huh. and uh, I am so locked into being off of work right now yeah. that I don't want to unlock myself from being out of work. Yeah, I'm, I've been working from home since the pandemic started, and uh, occasionally I have to go into the office, and this week I had to go into the office. And today, there was a rollover on the highway, so uh, it took me a solid hour and half-ish to get wow. to work today, uh, sitting wow. dead stopped on, on 95. Is, is, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Wow. So, wow. Um, yeah, for, so working for a living, uh, yeah, not, not really fun at all. No, no, it's, it's not fun at all. And as I, as I am now at 50 years old, I probably can't retire at 65 because no. I have no money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just don't want to work. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind working. I want to do something I absolutely positively love. Yeah. And that's not what's happening right now. Right. Except for this podcast. I love that. Well, that's what I said. Can we, can we, can we, can, can it be this? Can we make this a full-time job? And we're trying to, trying to get there. Trying, trying like hell. You, me and Joe Rogan can retire together. Right. 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 Uh, So vendor number two is 
The IRS. Ah, the benders. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you, I'm going to do my taxes this weekend. And I'll, if, if this isn't a bag over the head, fucking whole, the whole experience. Like, I've been audited, like, a couple of times in the last, I don't know, 10 years for, like, you know, 200 bucks here, 300 bucks here. I, I mean, honestly, I, all the assholes who make all this money and, and write this off and write that off and avoid paying taxes like you read about, and you're going to get me with my fucking pittance in my bank account. Right. And you're going to bang me for like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, you're get the out of here. you're the guys who get audited. It's not the billionaires. No, of course not. They they pay like eight percent. You pay like twenty something percent or twenty nine percent or whatever. Scam. It's here's, it's here's the thing. Yeah. Last year, I should have gotten like thirteen hundred dollars from federal. They I I didn't get it for the longest time. Finally, get in the mail a check for twenty four dollars, and I'm like, what? So I try, you try to call, you can't get anybody. You try to go online, you can't get any answers. So you can't, they take money. They don't give you a breakdown of why you didn't get the 1400 or whatever. You got the $24. You have no idea why. So then you're trying to find someone to tell you why you can't. So you just have to live with it. You just have to bend over and live with it. Yeah. So I got $24 last year. <laughs> yes. And I have no idea why. No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> great. Yeah, sweet. Good. Good. Great. Grand. Uh, and back to hockey. The, no, the number one bender is the Chicago Blackhawks. A bender. Uh, they've won three in a row. They are not doing the Tankapalooza correctly. <laughs> no, no. They were the worst team. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens, we have them as worst, but they had like 50 points. Chicago was in place to be right there. Mm-hmm. They win three in a row. Wow. Like you have, I mean, that's just dumb. Stop, stop it. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, they're they professional athletes, so the guys on the for, the guys on the team are gonna tr- are gonna try. But you got to trade the rest. Of the, you got to trade the good yeah. players off the team, so that there's no guys yeah. that can win games there. They just traded four Zaitsev in a second and a fourth for future considerations from Ottawa. So you just get Zaitsev in a second and a fourth. I mean, they're gonna win too many games. Like, what are you doing? I mean, Jesus. I mean, that's just. Horrific. Um, all right. Bruins Benders power rankings for this uh, week. The Vegas Golden Knights are back in it after a hiatus. Five, three, and two in their last 10. Starting to push a little bit. They're first in the Pacific and back at it. I guess Bruce Cassidy had like a team meeting during the All-Star break and was, you know, played a little bit of nice guy, which isn't like him. Really? And it got, got, everybody, got everybody going. They went five in a row out of the gate after the break and, you know, they were, they were starting to get it back together. Okay. Uh, number six, New York Rangers up a spot, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, number five, Tampa Bay Lightning are down one spot, 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. Toronto Maple Leafs are fourth. They're up a spot, 6-4 and four in their last 10. And then the top three are the same, Devils third, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. Carolina, 9-1 and one in their last 10. They've won four in a row. And the Bruins... 43, 8, and 5, 91 points, a plus 92. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. And when the second team is like 44. Yeah. Or something like that. They're like 50 goals better than everybody else. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. 
Uh, it's a fun team to watch, though. I'll tell you that. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so uh, here are the teams that aren't so fun to watch. It's the <laughs> Bruins, Benders, Bedard, Tanka, Palooza. And coming in at number 30 is your Columbus Blue Jackets, who are trying to uh, unload Gavrikov to the Bruins for a King's ransom of picks. They are, have a minus 66 goal differential. That, my friends, is bad. Mm-hmm. It is porous. Mm-hmm. And it is bad. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny Hockey, I'm sure, is loving his time so far in Columbus. Uh, oh yeah. Wow. What a what a absolute travesty of a decision that is. Oh, it is. Um, it really is. But I mean, I guess if he had gone to Philadelphia, it would be equally as bad because that's terrible too. Be. Yeah. Um, when they have New Jersey, is the was it New Jersey? Yeah, New Jersey was one of the teams that was talking to Jesus. him. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> made a made a bad choice there. Like like uh, Will Farrell and Anchorman with milk. Bad choice. <laughs> bad choice. Uh, coming in at number 31, your Anaheim Ducks minus 101. Not so mighty, those Ducks. As, as good as the Bruins are, Anaheim yeah. is bad. 101. Mi- 101. Yes. Because Columbus is second at minus 66. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so you're. I mean, that's that's bad. And Gibson is a pretty good goalie, so they're just yeah. hanging them out. Like they're oh, just they are. they're just trying to go up and down. They don't give a shit about uh, no. defense at all. No. Uh, and they're trying to get Connor Bedard, who would look uh, really oh, really nice on that team Zegers. with some with with Zegers <laughs> and and Mason Matavish and and yeah. uh, um, Terry. So they have some uh, yeah. some good young young talent on that team. Um, yeah. And then number 32, uh, dead last, uh, last in your hearts and in the standings. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, only 50 points. They've won three in a row, uh, and they don't get what they're supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens uh, are just not very good at all, and they are 4-5-1 uh, and one in their last 10, and they're really going nowhere. I mean, they, they are 26th in the league in the standings. There's only six teams worse and your Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I mean, so maybe they're, try, they're trying to get into the tank of Palooza sweepstakes. Maybe. They have no Gallagher. I think he's still out. They have no yeah. Caulfield. He's out for the year. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I just think, um, you know, that's. Uh, I'm not sure what direction they're, they'll be going in anytime soon. Um, <clears throat> okay, prospect spotlight. And uh, this week it's Ty Gallagher of the BU Terriers. Uh, he's a defenseman who won the Hockey East ROTC Defender of the Month in January. Ty uh, played in the Bean Pot uh, for BU. He was a seventh round pick of Boston, and he's you know continuing to get better and better. And might be a little bit of a sleeper toward the end of the draft there. Yeah, good for him. Uh, you know, uh, I think he's a little undersized, kind of a yeah. s- similar style player to to Matt Grizzlick, I think. Uh, but you know, you can you can never have too many defensive prospects, and if uh, you know if he pans out, you know, great for him and and good for the Bruins. Yeah, and, and um, you know uh, Gallagher, um, you know they've had a, a good success with BU defensemen, obviously yes. McAvoy and Grizzlick, and um, there's been other good defensemen, David Wasowski. There's been yeah. there's been some good uh, BU defensemen. So um, and hockey East players, and it's a, you know, obviously high high end league. So uh, you know maybe Gallagher can uh, can climb the charts. He'll he'll you'll definitely probably see him at rookie development camp this summer and. See if uh, see how long he'll stay 
at BU. Uh, all right, the week ahead for Boston, February 23rd at Seattle, February 25th at Vancouver, February 27th at Edmonton, and then February 28th, second of a back-to-back at Calgary. So on the Pacific West Coast, uh, the next four games, and uh, Seattle good, uh, Vancouver, of course, Edmonton, very talented, and then Calgary, who's been kind of up and down this season, but still a talented team. So it's a tough little trip right here. It is a tough trip. Uh, it is a tough yeah. trip. Uh, going out west is is never easy, and, and Seattle is a, you know, a tough team to play against. They play the right way, uh, play a sound defensive game, got a lot of uh, you know mediocre Bruins on that team, I think, still. Mm-hmm. Your Carson Coolmans and your Ted, oh, your Teddy Donatos out there still, yeah. I believe. <laughs> got some, got some, got some guys. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy might be playing still. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> one of the Donatos, yeah, one of the Donato family uh, out there. Ryan, yeah. Ryan, Teddy, it doesn't matter. Yeah. out there. Ryan Spoons, <laughs> Spoons is still out there. Uh, Jeremy Lozan, the ghost of Jeremy Lozan, still out there. Uh, so. So, uh, yeah, the, I mean, Seattle, anyway, tough team. Uh, and then, you know, Western Western Canada swing. Vancouver's no good. But Edmonton and Calgary, back-to-back, is tough. Because, mm. you know, Edmonton, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, are, are a tough team to, to deal with. And then you have Calgary on the second night of a back-to-back. So, mm. um, not going to be an easy trip. So, uh, it'll Maybe be... bring a... Brock Besser back with them when they come back. From yeah, Canada. I was going to say, you know, it would be a nice time to make a trade here. Um, you know, you have a couple days until, well, actually, I guess you play tomorrow in Seattle, so you don't have a couple days. But it would have been nice if they could have uh, pulled that trade off, like you said yesterday, and then you could have had the guy um, right. come out, meet him on the West Coast, but you know, bind, uh, bind and, and, and you know, meet up with the boys and, and so forth and, and, uh, you know, get some bonding time and, uh, you know, on the trip, but mm. didn't oh, seem nice. to happen. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see how the whole, uh, trade deadline, uh, mm. rumors go. In about eight days away from the, uh, trade deadline, March 3rd. Um, and if you go to inside the rink.com, actually inside the rinks of Facebook page, we'll be doing a uh, show on the, uh, on the inside the rink Facebook page uh, from I think it's from like one to four or so right in the trade deadline area talking, talking about all the trades and such. So you can check that out. Hey, February was our best month ever for the podcast. Uh, we need like an applause track. We do need an uh, applause track. We do. We do. Um, most downloads in any month since we started 17 months ago. Okay. Wait, here we go. All of our fans. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for helping us climb those charts. We uh, most downloads in a month since we started 17 months ago. Good for us. Uh, and thank you very much to all the people who listened, you know, in all the countries around the world. I mean, it, it's surprising. 99. It's surprising, but we do have people <laughs> to listen to us uh, all around the world. I'm not yeah. sure why. Uh, we're just a couple of idiots from Boston that, that sure. love the Bruins and love talking yeah. about the Bruins. Uh, so we really appreciate everybody taking taking a little time to listen to the show, and, and uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for for all the downloads and, and uh, here's to, you know, many, many more in the, uh, in the future. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, 
we're, we're very thankful for everybody who listens and engages with us in social media. We get a lot of engagement now, and it's, we do. it's fun doing yeah. those updates. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. Also download the DraftKings app and start betting. Use the code ITR on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We are now on TikTok at Bruins Benders Podcast. Please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.